one. Oh my goodness. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today is Friday, July 20th. And man, am I excited. We have a great show today. And I want to, I don't want to waste your time. I want to start with this. I just changed majors. I'm a college kid. I have two years left. I'm entering my junior year. And I decided to change my major. Doesn't affect my timeline at all. I have two years left. I had two years left before I made the change. I still have two years left no matter what. And uh, the only thing that I have decided to do after this change, the only thing that will change by me deciding to change my major is that my next two years are going to be different. Moving forward, my next two years are going to be different. And uh, the Spurs and Raptors just decided to swap stars. There is a parallel here. I'll get to it in a minute. But first, I want to say the Raptors have traded for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is headed to Toronto, Canada. Meanwhile, DeMar DeRozan is headed to San Antonio, Texas to play for the Spurs. And many people are asking, why would the Raptors do this? DeMar DeRozan was happy in Toronto. DeMar DeRozan was the first guy that said, I want to be in Toronto for the rest of my career. They had a guy who embraced them, who loved them. And Kawhi Leonard, meanwhile, only has one year left on his deal. Kawhi Leonard's about to be a free agent. And it's pretty unlikely that Kawhi Leonard is going to stay in Toronto after this one season is up. So why would they do it? Why would the Raptors trade away DeMar DeRozan, their marquee player for Kawhi Leonard, who probably is not going to stay? I think to answer this question, I need to tell you why I changed majors. I really do. See, the reason why I switched my major was because I wasn't getting what I wanted. There are certain things I wanted to learn. There were certain classes I wanted to take, and sadly, those things just don't exist. It wasn't possible for me to get what I wanted. I had to make a change. I realized it wasn't working for me. I just realized this isn't working. And you cannot do the same thing forever. When something's not working, you have to make a change. The Raptors did that. The Raptors made a change. The Raptors felt like they had hit their ceiling. They'd done everything they could within the system they were given. And the Raptors felt like they weren't going to get any better. Nothing was going to get better in the next two years. And I believe the biggest crime you can commit against yourself, the biggest crime you can commit against yourself is that if you are unhappy or if you want something to change and you do nothing, if you remain stagnant, if you settle and don't make the change happen, that's the, that's the worst thing you can do to yourself. If you don't like your situation, change it. The Raptors made a change and I respect that. I like that. See, the Raptors felt like they'd topped out. They didn't believe in DeMar DeRozan. They didn't think he was the going to push them over the top. And so they went after someone who they felt like could help them push and get better and push them over the top. I don't think the Raptors expect to keep Kawhi Leonard. I don't believe the Raptors are planning to keep Kawhi Leonard around after just one year. I don't think they believe that. They know Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to be there. Everybody knows Kawhi Leonard wants to be in L.A. But the reason why the Raptors did this was because it was their only move. It was the only thing they could do to get to make themselves a little bit better. And, and what, the benefit of this is the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, got rid of DeMar DeRozan's expensive contract. They don't have to worry about that. DeMar DeRozan wasn't the guy they wanted. He, they did not believe in him. The, the Raptors clearly gave up on Kawhi Leonard. 
or sorry, the Ra- excuse me, the Raptors clearly gave up on DeMar DeRozan. They realized DeMar DeRozan just doesn't cut it. DeMar DeRozan isn't what we want. And so now the Raptors have a choice. After one season, they can either let Kawhi Leonard walk away. They, can, they traded for Kawhi Leonard. They can either say, you know what? We're not going to resign you. We can't. You don't want to be here, so you can just leave. Or, or the Raptors can trade away Kawhi Leonard after just one season, maybe at the trade deadline, maybe sooner, maybe later. But what I know is that Kawhi Leonard wants to be in Los Angeles. And both teams in LA would love to have Kawhi Leonard. And if I were the Raptors, I would leverage that. Both of you guys want him, and you're both going to offer things for him, so we will take as much as you will give. Create a, a bidding war, for lack of a better word. Create a, a battle between the Lakers and the Clippers for Kawhi Leonard. And I think, I think the Raptors are in a good, a great position. They can use Kawhi Leonard to build their team as much as possible. That's what the Spurs were unwilling to do. The San Antonio Spurs were not willing to trade Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers or maybe the Clippers and get as much as they could for him. I think the Raptors could really use Kawhi Leonard as a building block to rebound, restart their franchise. I like that a lot. And I just repeat, clearly the Raptors were unhappy and felt like they weren't going to get what they wanted from DeMar DeRozan. They gave up on DeMar DeRozan. They moved on to something else. And that is what I think is the best thing to do. If you aren't getting what you want, make a change. And that is what the Raptors did. I applaud them. I think it's fantastic. I don't think Kawhi Leonard is going to stay there long term. I don't believe that. But regardless, man, I think it was a very good move. And the Raptors are now incredibly relevant. I've never cared more about the Raptors until they traded for Kawhi Leonard. In fact, I can really only name DeMar DeRozan. They lost Dwayne Casey. Other than DeMar DeRozan, who's on their roster, I have no idea. Now the Raptors suddenly are on my radar and I care. That was a great move for the Raptors. They got a giant chess piece. They, their team is now better. So either way, they win. They got rid of a bad contract with DeMar DeRozan, who is not a bad player at all. He's, he's an all-star in the East, probably not the West, but he's a good player. He's not a great three-point shooter. He is not clutch in the moment, and the Raptors got rid of their expensive contract with him. They can either rebuild, or if they can convince Kawhi Leonard to stay, they will build around Kawhi Leonard. Either way, it's a win-win for the Raptors. Next, we should talk about the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, man. I believe the Spurs made a massive, massive mistake. And I want to ask you the question. Do you think the Spurs left something on the table? Because I do. I I absolutely believe the Spurs could have done more. The Spurs could have gotten better than the the one player, DeMar DeRozan. Here's what they did. The Spurs traded away Kawhi Leonard one of maybe the top five players in the NBA, probably a top five player in the NBA, but definitely probably the best two-way player in the NBA. And they got DeMar DeRozan, a, a guy who might not even be an all-star in the West. So the Spurs definitely downgraded. Here's what I think of when I think of the San Antonio Spurs. There's a really, really, really good book called Eruption. It's the untold story of Mount St. Helens. Fantastic book. I live near Mount St. Helens. I hike there often. And in 1980, Mount St. Helens erupted. It killed 57 people. It erupted, and it was, I mean, it's huge news here. Even Pullman, Washington, where I go to college, six hours away across the state of Washington, they had ash clouds there. They had ash falling from the sky. They had to sweep it up. It was a mess. Sadly, one man died uh, that's very notable from the Mount St. Helens eruption. His name is Harry Truman. 
And Harry Truman said he would not leave the mountain. And this book, Eruption, talks about how towards the end, Harry Truman realized he was wrong. He probably should leave the mountain. But he'd already said, I'm not going to leave, and he didn't want to change his mind. He was afraid of losing face. He was afraid of looking bad for changing his mind. And so Harry Truman stayed on Mount St. Helens, and he died in the eruption. It's a very sad story. And some people argue, though, that Harry Truman's ego got him killed. Harry Truman was unwilling to admit he was wrong. Personally, I think that's a little harsh. I, I, I think that Harry Truman loved where he lived so much that he just was simply unwilling to live his leave. He said, if it's going to change, it's taking me with me. I love where I live. But I do think ego is a funny thing. Ego is a very interesting idea. I don't know. It's a very interesting concept. It gets people in trouble all the time. Ego is a big deal. And I think the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich allowed their ego to hurt them. Greg Popovich in particular, I think he let his ego get in the way of helping himself. Greg Popovich felt hurt. When Kawhi Leonard said, I don't want to be in San Antonio, Greg Popovich got his feelings hurt. And I understand when someone breaks up with you, it doesn't, doesn't feel good. When someone says, I don't want to be with you, or I don't like you, or I don't like what you're doing, criticism doesn't feel good. And that's not only did Kawhi Leonard criticize Greg Popovich, Kawhi Leonard said, I'm so done, I'm leaving, I'm out. And as punishment, Greg Popovich literally shipped Kawhi Leonard off to Canada. I mean, where, where I live, I live closer to Canada than a lot of people listen to this show, and it, it's literally a joke. We're going to send you off to Canada, Zach. <laughs> That's what the Spurs did. The Spurs literally shipped Kawhi Leonard off to Canada. I think it's interesting, man. This is, it's, it's very clear. It's obvious. It's black and white. Kawhi Leonard is better than DeMar DeRozan. The Spurs clearly and obviously downgraded. And I think the reason is because they let their egos get in the way of their decision-making. See, not only did the Spurs want to punish Kawhi Leonard, the Spurs were unwilling to make a trade with the LA Lakers. The Lakers have a bunch of young players. Lakers have guys with a ton of potential. The Spurs could have built for their future. The Spurs could have poached all the young talent away from the Lakers or many of the young, talented players from the Lakers. And instead, the Spurs got DeMar DeRozan. They got obviously worse from this trade by trading Kawhi Leonard to the Toronto Raptors. See, DeMar DeRozan is a career 29% three-point shooter. He's entering his 10th season. He's never been good in the big moments. In fact, DeMar DeRozan was benched in the playoffs last year. In his ninth season, that's not good. That's not a great clutch player you want leading your franchise. That's what the Spurs got. And the Spurs could have gotten so much better. They could have gotten Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, maybe Lonzo Ball. They had options and they chose not to take them because the Spurs not only didn't want to help Kawhi Leonard, the Spurs did not want to help the LA Lakers. I think that's a mistake. And well, the funny thing is that now the Raptors will probably make a trade with the Lakers. See, the Lakers are going to get Kawhi Leonard either way. It's pretty likely. And that deal, the deal for all the young players, again, maybe Josh Hart, Kuzma, Lonzo, a mix of some of those guys, that's the deal the Raptors are probably going to make with the Lakers. That could have been you. You ever see those memes? This could be us, but you're playing. The Spurs could have had those guys, and instead they have DeMar DeRozan. 
The Spurs lost very, very handily in the Raptors trade. There's no situation where they win. I I don't understand, man. I, I don't understand. The Spurs could have poached the Lakers. The Spurs could have taken away their young talent. And the Raptors are now going to get the deal the Spurs could have had. Now moving forward, the Lakers are not only better than the Spurs. They also have a ton of young players the Spurs won't. So they're not only going to beat them next year and the year after that, but for the next 10, maybe 8 years, the Lakers are going to pound the Spurs because the Lakers have better players, better young players, and better older players, and probably are going to get Kawhi Leonard. I believe that the Spurs made a big mistake. They let their ego, they, they were offended by Kawhi Leonard wanting to leave. They didn't want to give him what he wanted. They weren't willing to send him to L.A. They shipped him off to Canada. And so not only were they unwilling to help Kawhi Leonard, they were unwilling to give the Lakers Kawhi Leonard. Both of those decisions very much hurt the Spurs. The Lakers are probably still going to get Kawhi. And the Spurs didn't get better from the trade. They could have gotten better. They could have, instead of getting DeMar DeRozan, they could have gotten players to build for their future. And the Spurs didn't do that. The Spurs made a massive mistake and I I don't know how you can look at it any differently. I just man I the Spurs clearly got worse. They they got DeMar DeRozan who's not as good as Kawhi Leonard and they don't have hope for the future because they didn't get a lot of young stars to build for later. It's very sad that I think the Spurs let their ego get in the way of their decision making. It's not good. It's not good. And uh, you know I think that the pressure is now on Magic Johnson. I believe Magic Johnson needs to make a trade happen with the Raptors to acquire Kawhi Leonard. We know, everybody knows Kawhi Leonard wants to be in Los Angeles. Kawhi Leonard's going to be a free agent next year. It's pretty obvious. There are two teams in LA. There's the Clippers and the Lakers. And I believe that Kawhi is very willing to go to the LA Clippers. It's not a guarantee that the Lakers are going to get Kawhi Leonard. And so if, if I'm the Lakers right now, I am doing everything I can to trade with the Raptors, to give the Raptors a mix of, again, Kuzma, Lonzo, Ingram, Josh Hart, whoever you can, whoever the Raptors will take, let's go get Kawhi Leonard before he has an opportunity in free agency to sign with the LA Clippers. Move now before the Lakers beat you in the long run, before the Clippers beat you in the long run. If I'm the Lakers, I'm doing everything I can to trade for Kawhi Leonard. I think it's interesting, man, especially Josh Hart. Look at Josh Hart. His value is so high right now. Josh Hart was just named the Summer League MVP, which means that he embarrassed a bunch of G League players, a bunch of guys who aren't going to be NBA starters. Josh Hart's trade value is at an all-time high. He is it's, it's so perfect right now. Get rid of him now before the season starts, before he goes back down to normal when you see him play against regular NBA starters. I think the time to trade Josh Hart especially is right now. And, and I, I would package Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram, whoever else the Raptors want, to go and get Kawhi Leonard. That's what I would do. That is what I would do. You have a chance. The LA Lakers have an opportunity to trade for Kawhi Leonard, and I would go for it. I would do everything I can to land Kawhi Leonard. All right. Uh, the last thing I want to say about Kawhi, and you might be tired of Kawhi Leonard. You might be sick of hearing about him. I want to say one more thing about him. It's, it's been really funny. I've been tracking this whole Kawhi Leonard situation, 
And initially, when the trade first happened, there were reports that were leaked saying Kawhi Leonard does not want to play in Canada. And then later, the next day, reports came out, oh, you know, Kawhi Leonard is warming up to the idea of tra- playing in Canada. And so why, why see conflicting stories? Why was the first report Kawhi Leonard going, no way, I'll never play there? And then why did we see a shift in the narrative to Kawhi Leonard going, hmm, I could make that happen. The reason why that happened, the reason why the narrative shifted slightly about Kawhi Leonard is because of Kawhi Leonard's label. He doesn't want to be labeled a problem child. He doesn't want to be labeled someone who can't get along, who won't, won't go with the flow, who won't be part of the system. I talked about it earlier. I just changed majors. I switched majors in my college. But now I'm locked in. Now that I've changed majors, I need to just finish. I can't do it again. There's a, you're, on a short, you're on a short string. And now that I've changed once, I can't do it again. If I change my major again, I'll be labeled the kid who can't figure it out. Kawhi Leonard said, I want to be out of San Antonio. Kawhi Leonard then got what he wanted. And if Kawhi didn't want to go to, I don't know, if Kawhi, if Kawhi Leonard says, I don't want to be in Toronto either, it makes him look bad. That's the, not, not to some, but he's going to be labeled someone who won't go with the flow. Kawhi Leonard, if he says, I want out of Toronto, after already saying he wants out of San Antonio, will look like somebody who's unwilling to work with others and unwilling to follow a system. That is what some people will label Kawhi Leonard. But I want to say this. I, I might be alone in this. I think if Kawhi Leonard says, I don't want to play in Toronto, I want to be in LA. If Kawhi Leonard says, I've always said I want to be in LA. If he says that publicly, I will support him. I might be the only person. I might be the only person saying, I support Kawhi Leonard not wanting to play in Toronto, but I will. Because I think it's interesting. Kawhi Leonard didn't just say, I want out of San Antonio. Kawhi Leonard made a two-part statement. He said, I want out of San Antonio, and I want to go to, I want to go to LA. We all know what he really said. We all know Kawhi Leonard said, I want to go to LA. And so if Kawhi Leonard put his foot down and said, I want to be in Los Angeles. That is where I want to play. I would defend Kawhi Leonard. I would support Kawhi Leonard. If he put his foot down and said, I want to go to Los Angeles. Here's the thing. We already have, we've always known what Kawhi Leonard wants. The Raptors have always known he wants to be in LA. The Raptors traded for Kawhi Leonard, even though they knew he didn't want to be there. And so if, if, the Raptors can't handle that. That's their problem. They knew what they were getting into. They made a choice. I'm switching majors. I'm making a choice. I know what I'm getting into. I can't complain about it now. I'm not going to, I have two years left of college. I can't complain about my change. The Raptors, if they made a deal with someone who didn't want to be there. They got acquired. We know Kawhi Leonard didn't want to be in Toronto and the Raptors made the deal anyways. That's the Raptors problem. It's not Kawhi Leonard's problem to worry about the Raptors. Kawhi Leonard's problem is to deal with himself, to worry about himself. And if Kawhi Leonard reaffirms, I want to be in L.A., I will support Kawhi Leonard. Because he's been very clear this whole time. He said two things. I want out of San Antonio, and I want to go to L.A. I want to be in Los Angeles. And so if he says that, if he puts his foot down, I will support him. All right. We have a bunch of other stuff to talk about. I want to talk about many more things than just Kawhi Leonard. Um, In in a minute, though, first, I want to say this. I was planning to make this episode of the podcast dedicated to my NFL preview. 
And uh, I just, nobody expected the Kawhi Leonard trade. I'm going to do that for my next podcast. I just, I, I want to talk about the Kawhi Leonard trade. I have this to talk about, I have a bunch of other stuff. I'm going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to talk about Bryce Harper. I'm going to talk about George's quarterback, Jake Frum, injuring his hand in a freak injury. I'm going to talk about Terrell Owens. Why is nobody supporting Terrell Owens? I don't understand. I'm going to talk about Bill Belichick. You know, a lot of heat's going towards Bill Belichick. And I have probably my final opinion on it before the NFL season starts. I finally settled on my opinion about Bill Belichick. It's going to be very interesting. I'm going to talk about uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to talk about college football. It's going to be a really great show. I'm very excited. And And remember, as always... If you like Strong Opinion Sports, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube, where you can also find my best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you like this podcast as much as I do, help me grow this show by telling your friends about it. Help me grow by telling your friends about this show. Okay. Uh, Last thing I want to say, I guess, a little bit of house cleaning, housekeeping at the end. I am taking a week off next week. I'm going, I mean, I'm taking a vacation next week and I will be back the first week of August. Now, August 20th is a date I want you to remember. That is when I am starting classes again. On August 20th, I will be doing a show Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every single Monday, Wednesday, Friday through the entire football season. That is what I'm going to do. That's my promise to you guys. I'm moving back to college. My schedule will change. I'll have way more free time. I won't be working anymore. I've been working a ton. I work at the car place. I work at a car wash and changing oil. It's been very, it's been a long summer and I'm excited to go back to school. I have a little bit more free time. So August 20th is when the show will be back on its normal schedule of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every single Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'll be doing a new podcast. It'll be great. I'm so excited for football season. It's going to be fantastic. All right. I need to drink some water and then I will jump into Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, <clears throat> so we have a uh, man. First of all, I want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and his situation. So I've been seeing reports that Jimmy Garoppolo went on a date with a porn star. Look, I don't care. That's not news to me. I, it's not about sports. It's not about football. Why? Why is that the big news I'm getting sent and my direct messages? I don't care who Jimmy Garoppolo is dating. I'm sorry. But that's not a big deal to me. I just don't, I don't have any interest. There is a little bit of Jimmy Garoppolo news, though. There is something to pay attention to. There's something worth talking about relating to football about Jimmy Garoppolo. Greg Cosell, who's a producer for NFL Films, he's a genius. He knows football better than most people in the world, on the planet. Like, he's a very, very smart football mind. Greg Cosell said that Jimmy Garoppolo needs to improve his footwork. Basically, Jimmy Garoppolo does not step into his deep ball. When he throws a deep ball downfield, he doesn't step into his throw. And uh, to me, I hear that, and I didn't go into panic mode. Greg Cosell is a very calm, comfortable conversation. He wasn't saying it's the end of the world for Jimmy Garoppolo. All he was saying is there's something to watch with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers quarterback, struggles somewhat when he throws the ball downfield. He doesn't step into his throw. He doesn't use his full body weight. And if you look at the stats from last year, it does kind of reflect that. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo was four for 16 on passes deeper than 20 yards. And uh, he had 134 yards passing uh, on throws over 20 yards 
for no touchdowns and no interceptions. Basically, the only thing to take away from the Greg Cosell quote is to say that we got to pay attention to his deep ball. That's the thing to watch. The thing to watch for Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers quarterback this year, is can he throw a great deep ball? I think he can. I think he can improve. I, I think it's a very small thing. Footwork is a thing you can easily fix. And uh, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be Big Ben. I don't. It's not a big deal. Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback. He doesn't need to huck the ball 70 yards downfield. He can pick you apart short to intermediately, and uh, I think he'll be just fine. I have, I have no... I, this quote from Greg Cosell, I got messages saying, do you, are you concerned? Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is okay? I was like, yeah, I think he's fine. I'm not, not concerned because he struggles to step into his deep ball. It's not, it's not awesome. It's not the best thing you want to hear, but it's definitely something you can improve. It's definitely something you can get better with. And I think as much, we heard little th- criticisms all offseason, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo needs to fix this. Well, there's this little thing or this little thing. And it's, it's all good. It's all, you want feedback. You want criticism. You want to evolve and get better. And so all these little things Jimmy Garoppolo's working on are things that any quarterback struggles with. Any quarterback needs to work on. So I'm not concerned about this Greg Cosell quote at all. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is on track, on schedule. It's going to be fantastic. Okay. I, uh, I, I'm not, I want to talk about college football for a minute. I, here's the thing. When I write the show, I... I, I always plan to talk first about the most interesting thing. And this is maybe something you haven't thought about or talked about in a long time. But this, this next topic is about college football. And it's, I really like it because it's a life lesson. I love when I can find a way to connect real life and sports. It's my favorite thing probably about doing this entire podcast. I, I love it so much. And so I want to do that next because I, uh, I work at a car wash. You know, my summer job, I work at a car place. Half the time, I'm washing cars. The other half of my time, I and the other days, really, is I'm changing oil. I change oil. I, I work at a car wash. It's, it's been a great, great job for me. I've learned a ton. And uh, the other day, we were short-staffed. I'm working at the car wash, and we were short-staffed. There were two guys. There should have been three. And, and the way the system works, you have one guy cashing out cars, and then you have one guy on either side of the car scrubbing the car. So the, show, the third guy doesn't show up. Third guy doesn't show up to work and we are screwed. The two of us washing cars are like, crap. It's going to be a really long day. We have a really long line. We're screwed. And so we had a choice to make. The guys working that were understaffed. We could either choose to be miserable or we could choose to make the most of the experience. We could make the most of what's going on. And I'm really proud of this because we made the most of the uh, the experience. We had a good attitude. We made great tips. And it, it was a pretty good day of work. It was a day of work I'm really proud of. We chose to make the best of a bad situation. So last year, Auburn football. Last year, Auburn's football team was left out of the college football playoff. You know, Auburn beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl. And uh, Auburn went to the SEC championship and lost. And when they lost, they were not included in the college football playoff. And in fact, Alabama, who Auburn had just beat, Alabama leapfrogged Auburn and was put into the college football playoff. I mean, I can imagine that sucked. I can imagine that hurt. Auburn felt screwed over. I understand. I mean, they got, they were given the Peach Bowl instead of a chance at the national uh, title. I mean, really, national championship or the Peach Bowl? I understand why Auburn felt slighted. But in the Peach Bowl, 
Auburn lost to the University of Central Florida. And, uh, you know, Auburn had a choice. They had a choice. They could either have a bad attitude or they could have made the most of the Peach Bowl. But because they had a bad attitude, they lost. Auburn lost to the University of Central Florida because they did not appreciate the opportunity. And it's, it really sucks because, I mean, Auburn was a much better team. The better team lost in the Peach Bowl, but Central Florida took advantage of Auburn, who had a bad attitude and didn't appreciate the opportunity. And it, here's what sucks even more is all offseason we've had to hear that the University of Central Florida, they're tooting their own horn. We are the self-proclaimed national champions. I hate that so much. I, it bothers me. You're not the national champions. You beat Auburn. You went undefeated, but you didn't play anybody other than Auburn, and Auburn was disappointed. I don't like that at all, but the lesson from it, the lesson from the Auburn Peach Bowl game where they lost to Central Florida, the lesson here is that attitude is everything. We make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. I'm a very flawed individual, but you have to learn from them, and then you have to move on. And so this year, the one of the narratives I'm most looking forward to watching in college football is rooting for Auburn to bounce back because I think Auburn got screwed over last year. They have a really good quarterback. They have a great defense, much better than most in, the, in college football, and they have a lesson. They have a lesson they learned, and they have motivation from their loss in the Peach Bowl to the University of Central Florida. There's one team I'm rooting for this year, and it is Auburn. I, I'm not a, I, li- I like Alabama. It's fun to watch, but I, I can't wait to watch the Iron Bowl this year to see how does Auburn respond this season to being slighted last year. They were not given maybe a fair chance, and when they were given the Peach Bowl, they had a bad attitude, and I hope they learn from it. I hope they move forward. I hope next time they're given a tough situation. Maybe they're down by 21 points. Maybe they're put into a game they don't like. But whatever the situation is, next time Auburn has to deal with some adversity, I hope they make a choice to make the best of it rather than not appreciating their opportunity and having a bad attitude. I am very curious to watch Auburn this year. I think it's a very interesting storyline. Okay, Bill Belichick. Are you guys ready to talk about Bill Belichick? You guys are like, God, get to Bill already. He's probably waiting, waiting forever. I, uh, I think the way to start this is to talk about Danny Amendola. <clears throat> so Danny Amendola is a receiver for the Miami Dolphins. And this offseason, he left the New England Patriots. He said, nope, I'm done in New England. I'm going to leave. And recently, Danny Amendola was quoted comparing... The Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick, and his new head coach, Adam Gase, in Miami. You know, he said Bill Belichick was like the principal in the principal's office. And Danny Amendola said his new coach in Miami, Adam Gase, is just one of the guys. He's a leader. He's our head coach, but he's also our boy. That is the quote. He said Adam Gase is one of the boys. And Bill Belichick, my old head coach, is like a principal. And you have to get, sometimes you have to go to the principal's office. Oh, no. Well, uh, I don't like that quote at all. And I, I don't think that Danny Amendola meant to say anything bad, but it doesn't matter because he did. See, I, it's very concerning. I do not want my head coach to be one of the guys. That's not, I'm not comfortable with that at all. It's, there's a very different dynamic between your friend and your boss. And it, there needs to be a very clear difference. You don't want to work for your friend. It's not how it works. It's not good. 
Now, I work at a car place. It's my summer job. And I respect my boss tremendously. Every summer I come back from college, I go and work for this guy. He's great. He's not my friend, but he's a boss I respect. A boss and a friend are very different dynamics. I've worked for my friends before, and it's not as good. Here's what I know is when my boss at the car place, the guy who's not my friend but someone I respect, when he walks by, I stand up straighter. I make sure my shirt's tucked in. And I make sure I'm on time every single morning I work because I don't want to let him down and I don't want to deal with the consequences from my boss. A boss versus a friend, there are different expectations. So not only are people, not only is Danny Danny Amendola saying, I think that my coach Adam Gase in Miami is better than Bill Belichick. That's what he's, that's the point he was trying to make, right? He's trying to say, you know, I'm, I'm friends with Adam Gase. I was never friends with Bill Belichick. I think another interesting quote that makes me think of Bill Belichick is when James Harrison recently said his old head coach with the Steelers, Mike Tomlin, needs to button things up. James Harrison came out and said, yeah, I played for the Steelers. I played for the Patriots. Mike Tomlin, the Patriots head coach, needs to button things up. It needs to be a little bit more organized. I think it's very interesting. Who over the years has beaten Mike Tomlin often? It's the organized Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick owns Mike Tomlin every single year. And if you look at the Steelers recently, you see that they have a ton of incidents. Here, here's a list of incidents that have happened recently with the Steelers. Not only do you have your best running back holding out, you also have you know, tripping players on the sideline. You have coaches getting into bar fights. You have Facebook Live in the locker room. There are times where the, the Steelers look completely unprepared. Basically, the Steelers organization, the way that Mike Tomlin leads his team, is disorganized. It's not great. And somehow, Bill Belichick, somehow Bill Belichick, who's been to eight Super Bowls, he's won five of them. Somehow, Bill Belichick is underrated. I don't understand. How can you be the best head coach in the NFL and still be underrated, but it's true, it's very clear. People, it's, it's become popular. It's become the cool thing to do now to hate on Bill Belichick. Kind of like when people hate on Nickelback or people hate on Nicolas Cage. See, I'm a weird guy. I liked National Treasure. I thought National Treasure was a fun movie starring Nicolas Cage. I can look past that. But the cool thing to do now is to hate on Nickelback, to hate on Nick Cage. And uh, I think the cool thing to do now in the NFL is to hate on Bill Belichick. See, if I had a boss, if I could pick my boss, I'd want to work for a guy like Bill Belichick. In fact, I guess I did. I did pick my boss, and his name is, I'm not going to say his name, it's a guy I work for at the car place. I could go other places. I could find other minimum wage jobs, but I like my boss. I like his organization. There are clear rules. I do my job, and it's the same way with Bill Belichick. With Bill Belichick, the rules are clear. It's clear. Follow these rules. If you do your job, you will win games. It's very simple. I don't understand. I I think that Bill Belichick gets hate because that's the cool thing to do now. I don't think anything has changed in New England. It's been 18 years. It's been an 18-year run with Brady and Belichick. And I think after 18 years, the flaws between Belichick and Brady finally were made public. That's what I think happened. The Patriots culture is fine. It's always been fine, and I think it's okay. It's just now become the cool thing to do. It started with a couple guys spoke out, 
And then everybody else piled on because it's been building up for 18 years. I don't think the Patriots organization is in crisis. I think they're fine. At the end of the day, with the Patriots, if you do your job, you will be the most prepared team every single Sunday, and you will win over and over again because that's what the Patriots do every single year. That is my stance on the Patriots. I think that nothing has changed. It's always been fine. It's still fine. It just became public, and when it became public, other guys piled on because there are some people who, of course, don't like it. Anytime you do anything, somebody out there won't like it. I think the Patriots are just fine, and I don't think they're going to unravel this year magically. I don't, I don't think things are great, but I don't think things were ever as good as we thought. The Patriots are fine, and it's always been fine. And they're not going to fall apart at the seams. In fact, I think the Patriots are going to win a lot of games just like they do every single year. All right. I have a question for you. You know, uh, maybe the most interesting way to start this is to say that I'll just get to the point. Would you sign Le'Veon Bell to a five-year deal? Would you sign Le'Veon Bell to a five-year deal? I was talking with a buddy the other day. It was great. I was working at a, a lawyer's office, ran into this guy. Great guy. He was actually a fan of the show. It was like so cool. I was like, wow. Meet another guy who likes my podcast. It's awesome. Happened twice this week. It was like, oh, that's so great. It feels so good. And, uh, you know, this guy was talking about, he asked me the question. He's like, would you sign Le'Veon Bell to a five-year deal? And he said, you know, I think his opinion was you're going to get two great years. And it's worth it if you get three average years because the two years are just so great. And, you know, I, I liked his idea. I liked the theory this guy was proposing. He talked about how Le'Veon Bell gives you a chance to win a Super Bowl. And he, this guy believed Le'Veon Bell is tr- a tremendous difference maker. Le'Veon, Le'Veon, I don't know. It's, you guys know who I'm talking about. I don't know that I value Le'Veon Bell as much as other people do. My, me, Zach Schaumler now. I don't know that I value Bell as much as everybody else. Le'Veon Bell is the best running back in the NFL. That's Honestly, I don't think he's a bad running back. I think he's a great running back. In fact, I think he's the best running back in the National Football League. He can pass block. He can catch passes. He's a great runner. But my whole hang-up with him is that running backs don't win Super Bowls. Running backs do not win Super Bowls. It's very clear to me. The truth is, a quarterback and a great defense. That's the, those are the two things you need to win a Super Bowl. I don't think the best running back in the NFL is even worth as much as Kirk Cousins. If the Vikings this offseason had gotten Le'Veon Bell instead of Kirk Cousins, would people be as excited? Probably not. Because running backs don't win games. They get yards, they do some good stuff, but they don't win games. Here's another question for you. What if in last year's trade deadline, what, what if when what if the trade deadline last year, the 49ers had acquired Le'Veon Bell instead of Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you think 49ers fans would be as excited? Do you think 49ers fans would be really pumped about their team winning a bunch of games? Probably not because a running back does not win games. It's not. It's just not true. In fact, I, I feel bad for running backs. I think running backs is a playing running back in the NFL is an incredibly difficult job. It's hard on your body. You're usually done by 30. You're never paid as much as you're worth. 
I understand why guys like Le'Veon Bell, we're going to see Todd Gurley ask for a big contract. I bet Ezekiel Elliott asks for a big contract. Look, running back gets uh, running back gets their body beat up. They get a ton of pounding, and they often don't get paid what they're worth. That sucks, but it's true. That's just the honest truth. And I don't think it should change. I really don't. The Patriots do this all the time. You sign a guy at coming out of college. You sign a really good running back. They signed Sony Michelle this year. You sign that guy, and you pay him rookie money, and the minute his rookie contract is up, you don't re-sign him. See, Le'Veon Bell is 26 years old, which means he probably has two years left of his prime. At the most, two years left. 28, 30, he's going to fill By 30, he's done, right? By 30, he's going to fizzle out and be done. That's just what happens to running backs. Look at Adrian Peterson when he hit the wall at his 30. He did not do as well. And so if I'm a team, I would draft a running back who's much cheaper and move forward with that. I'm not going to resign Le'Veon Bell. And it's interesting. That running back is probably only going to bring in 75% as much production, right? That guy, that running back is not as good as Le'Veon Bell. But I don't think it matters anyways. It's a smarter investment to keep, to, to sign a new younger quarterback rather than Le'Veon Bell. I, I think Le'Veon Bell's somewhat replaceable. I really do. He's incredibly talented. He's the best running back in the NFL, but great running backs are often also products of a great offensive line. I can acknowledge how talented Le'Veon Bell is and still ask, mm, is he really that valuable? Is he really the reason why the Steelers are winning games? I think it's their defense. I think it's their offensive line. I think it's their running backs. Sorry, excuse me. I think it's their quarterback. And I think it's their great receivers. And Le'Veon Bell doesn't hurt that. But Le'Veon Bell's not the reason the Steelers win games. He's just not. And I think you have to ask yourself, how much of a difference do you believe Le'Veon Bell is worth? Because if you think he's the difference between not winning a Super Bowl and suddenly a Super Bowl, if you think he's that valuable, you should sign him. But personally, I don't think Le'Veon Bell is that valuable. I wouldn't. I do what the Patriots do. I'd sign a rookie quarterback or a rookie running back, give him a four or five year deal as long as I can. And when his rookie contract is up, let him walk away and do it again every year. I'd exploit running backs over and over and over again because you can do that. And that's what I would do. I wouldn't pay a running back big money. I just wouldn't. Finally, this, you know, I think the last thing to say is I drive a 1995 Toyota Corolla. It has 289,000 miles. It has almost 300,000 miles on that car. That's where Le'Veon Bell is. Le'Veon Bell is towards the end. It's my brother's car. That, that 95 Corolla, that's my brother's car. It's my little brother's car. He drove it before he died. It's sentimental to me. It means a lot. And this summer, I've been learning how to fix cars. I've been working on it. I fixed the brakes. I replaced the starter, got a new fan. I, I fixed the thermostat, put in a new thermostat last night. But these are all cheap fixes. These are all things that are worth replacing because they're not that expensive. If someone told me I had to put $1,000 into my car to keep it running, I would just walk away. I'd use that $1,000 on a new car. It's worth more than the car is actually the trouble. It's worth the fixing would be worth more than the car is actually worth on its own. A car that's got almost 300,000 miles on it isn't worth putting that much money into. It's a bad investment. Le'Veon Bell is 26 years old. He's towards the end of his prime. And giving him a big five-year contract is a bad investment. Does that make sense? I believe in Le'Veon Bell. I think he's a fantastic running back. I think he's the best running back in the NFL. But he's towards the end of his prime. 
I don't think running backs make that much of a difference anyways. I think it's mostly the offensive line and the quarterback. And I simply would not sign Le'Veon Bell to a five-year deal worth a crap load of money. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to pay a running back millions of dollars. My philosophy is sign a rookie running back. Use him for the five years you can. Four or five years is the rookie contract. Once his rookie contract is up, unless you can sign him for cheap, don't re-sign him. The Patriots do it all the time. Learn from the Patriots and do what they do. They win Super Bowls, and that's what I would do. Okay. I want to talk about Terrell Owens. We have how many stories we have? We have Terrell Owens. We're going to talk about Jake Frum, the Georgia's quarterback freak injury. And then I'm going to talk about Bryce Harper. Three stories left. Terrell Owens is very interesting. I'm actually excited for this take. I heard someone talk about it recently. I completely 100% disagreed. And I want to talk about that now. Because Terrell Owens is now attempting to make a football comeback. He's attempting to revive his career in football by moving to the CFL. And I, I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. It's fantastic. I said that Terrell Owens is not a good person for an NFL team to sign. If I'm an NFL team, I would not sign Terrell Owens to my roster. He's not worth the trouble. He's too much of a distraction for the value he brings to the roster. And then I followed that up by saying if Terrell Owens really wants to play football, he will go to Canada. He'll go play in the CFL. And that's exactly what Terrell Owens is doing. I applaud you, Terrell Owens. Clearly, you just want to play football. I respect that. And I, what I don't understand is the hate Terrell Owens is getting. I've heard people say this. They've, they don't think Terrell Owens is doing the right thing by going to the Canadian Football League. And I understand why people hate Terrell Owens. I do. There are consequences to your actions, right? Every action you'd make has consequences. And Terrell Owens pissed off the NFL when he said, I'm not doing the Hall of Fame signing, whatever, showing up. Inaugural, all that crap. He's not going to do it. Not going to participate. And uh, other people are saying that Trell Owens going back to the, going to the Canadian Football League, they're saying that's a step down. He shouldn't do that. And I just, I just strongly disagree with you. I think you're wrong. I think that people aren't giving Trell Owens a fair shake, which is weird for me. I'm not a Trell Owens guy. I'm not a big believer in Trell Owens, but am I really the last person defending him? Am I the one who's going to defend Trell Owens for wanting to play football again? That feels wrong to me, but I guess I'm the only one. People say that Trell Owens is a legend, and legends should never go backwards. I heard someone say it's like a, it's like a legend, you know, doing if if you're a big a giant giant host, you're really good at, uh, you're you make music, you're a great musician, and you used to sell out amphitheaters, and now towards the end of the career, you're just selling out coffee shops, as if that's a bad thing. Maybe the person making music just loves to perform for live audiences. I think Terrell Owens is going to Canada because he just wants to play football. He just is doing it because he loves football. He doesn't care what you think. He doesn't care what the perception is. Terrell Owens wants to play football again, and that is why he's going back. That I think it's pretty clear. If Terrell Owens didn't want to play football, he wouldn't pursue Canada. That doesn't make any sense. If he, wanted, if he was just doing it for some other reason, to build his brand or to piss people off or this or that, he would wait for the NFL. He'd just be talking about the NFL forever. I think when you make the decision, I'm going to Canada, it's pretty clear. You know what? I just want to play football. I mean, Amy Hennig is one of the best game designers 
in a long time. She's a, a game developer, video game developer. She made the video game Uncharted. It's one of my favorite games. I love Uncharted. All, all four of them are fantastic. She was involved in the first three, and she got fired before the fourth Uncharted 4 came out. And there are rumors that Amy Hennig, this amazingly talented video game designer, might start her own video game studio. Might have started her own production studio. And there's nobody asking, hmm, why would Amy Hennig do that? Isn't, isn't that a step down? Because we all know the reason why Amy Hennig might make a small game with a team of 15 people is because she loves to make video games. It's what she loves to do. Nobody criticizes an old musician, a, a guy who used to sell in amphitheaters. If he goes and plays a really small venue, no one says, why, why would he do that? Because the guy loves performing. He loves making music. He loves playing music for other people. Why would people be critical of Terrell Owens? He loves playing football. He wants to play more football, and he doesn't care what you think. He's going to the Canadian Football League because he loves to play football. People are overthinking it. That's, I, I'm talking about it too long, but I don't care. How can you criticize Terrell Owens? I don't understand. He just wants to play football. Leave the man be and let him play football. All right. God, that's weird. I shouldn't be the one defending Terrell Owens. I don't even like Terrell Owens. I'm not a fan of his. Why am I the one left defending him? I don't like that at all. It feels wrong. Oh, oh no. I uh, drink some water. I want to drink some water. And I want to talk about Jake Frum. <clears throat> so, uh, so Jake Frum is George's starting quarterback. He's a, he's a great young college quarterback. And he's my kind of guy. He likes to fish. He likes to hunt. He's just a guy after my own heart. He, he probably wears Romeos. A guy I like. He's my kind of person. And uh, in May, Jake from had to go to the hospital because he had a fishing lure stuck in his leg. He had a fishing lure stuck in his leg. Had to go to the hospital. That was in May. Now, in early July, Jake Frum was injured in a freak boating accident. He, bro- he actually broke his hand. His non- He's a right-handed person. He broke his left hand, so he broke his non-throwing hand. That's George's quarterback. And, uh, you know, first of all, I want to say this is not a big deal. It seems like he's going to be okay. He broke his non-throwing hand. He should be able to start all year. He should be fine. And the second thing I want to say is that I'm not blaming Jake from, right? It's a freak accident. It seemed like something totally out of the norm, just a freak accident you can't really stop. But I do want to use this moment. Now that I've talked about Jake Fromm's injury, I want to use this as a, a moment to remind people of how dangerous the world is. I think it's athletes need to realize they have a very short window for them to play football. So Jake Fromm was not in any danger while fishing. But I also am really glad Jake Fromm wasn't riding a motorcycle or snowboarding or an ATV, stay far away from ATVs. See, people don't realize... Athletes need to realize they have a 10, 15, if they're lucky, year window to play sports. And once that, once those years are over, go, go do whatever you want. Go climb mountains, go ride snowboards, go ride whatever. Jake Frum did nothing wrong. He can, I, I think riding in a boat is not a dangerous thing. A freak accident. Not blaming Jake Frum. But I just wanted to use, now that we're aware of injuries off the field, we should also be aware. If you're an athlete, do not ride an ATV. Do not ride a snowboard. Do not ride. Don't go skiing. Don't ride a motorcycle. Don't do things that risk your body because you only have a 10, 15 year window to play. Fishing's not dangerous. If you want to be an athlete and fish, go for it. That's not my point. My point here is this. A Seahawks draft pick got injured and his career ended because he got hurt on an ATV. 
there are things that I would just avoid doing. I would stay away from Twitter, for example. Twitter's bad. Twitter's terrifying. I watched Baker Mayfield get attacked for being fat on Twitter the other day. I saw Brian Colangelo get fired. Stay far away from Twitter. There are a couple things. If you're an athlete, don't do them. Avoid them. Avoid Twitter. Avoid ATVs. Avoid snowboards. And avoid any, any kind of... If it's a board, if you're not on four wheels, just don't do it. Just don't go there. It's not smart. And stay away from Twitter. Twitter can seriously ruin your career. It's toxic. It's not good. I have an account. I'm never going to use it again. The only reason I have Zach Schaumler on Twitter is so people don't steal my handle. That's it. I think athletes should avoid, again, snowboarding, skiing, ATVs, skateboards, motorcycles. And personally, if I was an athlete, I would avoid Twitter as well. I watch people's careers get ruined on Twitter, and they said nothing wrong. I know I have a friend of mine who lost a job at a, a podcasting company because he made a dad joke. You can't, just don't tweet, stay away. And if you're going to use Twitter, you better hire a PR guy to help you use it very carefully. So there are a couple things I just want to remind you guys. There are some things that I would stay far away from if I'm an athlete. Wait till you're done. Wait till your career is over. Then go skiing, go snowboarding, use social media, do whatever you want. But there are some things if I'm an athlete, if I have a very short window of my life to make money, I'm not going to risk that or jeopardize that at all. I would not ride a snowboard if I was a professional athlete. I just wouldn't. Go skiing, go, sorry, excuse me, go fishing, ride in boats. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think Jake Frum did anything wrong. I'm not blaming Jake Frum. His was a freak accident, but it's, it's a starting point to say, Jake Frum got injured doing nothing wrong. Can you imagine if Jake Frum had got injured snowboarding or riding a motorcycle? That, that's my point here is to say that you can get hurt doing nothing, let alone if you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation. So just be careful. If you're an athlete, you have a 10, 15-year window to make money. Don't screw it up. That's, I, I beg you, do not ride an ATV if you are a professional athlete. Do it when you're 39 and retired. Then go ride all the ATVs you want. If you blow your hand off with a firework, it doesn't matter because you're not going to lose income. That's all I have to say. Please protect your careers. Help yourself out by making smart decisions. That's all I want to say. Okay. My, uh, my last thing I want to say is this. I, uh, I have a huge fear. I have a... Uh, one of my biggest fears in the world is not being self-aware. You, you see this. My biggest fear is I, I totally miss something. There's something very obvious to everyone else, and I just don't see it at all. That's a horrifying fear of mine. You know, Michael Scott from The Office. Michael Scott uh, is a boss in The Office. He, he's not self-aware, and I actually hate watching it. It makes me angry because I'm like, ah, oh, God, please, please help someone help this man. And so uh, self-awareness is very important. And, and now I want to talk about Bryce Harper. I want to credit Bryce Harper for his self-awareness. He, he gets it. He's smart. The other day, Bryce Harper was doing an interview, and he said that Mike Trout is the best player in the MLB. He said, if you're watching baseball, I don't know how you could possibly not know or not believe that Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. Yes, yes, yes. He's right. He's humble. And Bryce Harper is self-aware. It's fantastic. I love that quote. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. However, Bryce Harper is the most interesting by far. Mike Trout might be more talented by a little bit, but he's not even on the most interesting team in his own city. So uh, I'll say this. Bryce Harper, every time he opens his mouth, solidifies himself more and more as my favorite player in baseball. Bryce Harper is amazing. I love him. 
He's interesting. I don't care about baseball. Until October starts, until the playoffs hit, I don't care about Major League Baseball at all. The only time I watch baseball is when Bryce Harper opens his mouth or does something with a baseball bat. I didn't even watch the All-Star game. All I watched were the clips of Bryce Harper talking. All I watched was the home run derby so I could watch Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper for me is baseball. And I just, I love Bryce Harper. The fact that he's self-aware is, makes it even better. I just think Bryce Harper is the best baseball player in the world. He may not be the most talented. Mike Trout is more talented. Bryce Harper will tell you that. But Bryce Harper is the most interesting, the biggest star in baseball. And Bryce Harper does something, anything. I pay attention. He can make top ROM, and I'm like, whoop, I'm glued to it. I love it. I love watching Bryce Harper. He is, I am not ashamed to say, my favorite baseball player. He's the only reason I even pay attention to the sport. It's the middle of, it's the NBA free agency. It's almost the NFL season. I don't care about baseball. There's no good window for baseball anymore. And so they need guys, they need more people like Mike Trout in baseball to grab my attention and to pull me in. All right. That is all I have to say today. I just want to say thank you so much. I, uh, I'm changing my major. I'm, I'm doing some different stuff in my life, and I am pursuing. All I'm going to pursue now is a career doing strong opinion sports. That is my goal. That's what I want to do. My, my, my piece of paper for college is my backup plan. But if you like this podcast, please help me out. Help me grow this podcast by telling your friends about this show. And you Remember, you can't subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, everywhere else. Share this podcast on Facebook, on Twitter. Help me grow the show by telling your friends. And if you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on SoundCloud, on YouTube, whatever it is. Help me grow this show by telling your friends and subscribing everywhere you can. I, uh, I just, I'm, I'm going to take a week off. And when I get back from my week off, I'm going to do my NFL preview. I'm going to break down every single team for six minutes. I'm going to break down every team. I have already decided every team's record now. I'm going to break down kind of their strengths, their weaknesses. For example, I'll tell you what the Bears schedule will be. I'll tell you the Bears' final record will be blank and blank. And I'll tell you what their record will be, why, what their biggest storylines for the year is. It's going to be 32 videos. Every single team in the NFL will get a video. And it will say the reason why the Bears are going, we'll say 5-11. and and Or the reason why the Falcons are going 11-5. and Whatever it is, whatever the records are, I'm going to break down the entire NFL in my next podcast. I can't wait. I'm going to spend the next week working on it. I wasn't, I was going to prepare to do it with this podcast, but I, uh, I just was not expecting to have Kawhi Leonard's trade happen. And I'm very, very excited for the future of this podcast. Thank you so much, guys. I, uh, I just love this so much. I just enjoy more than anything preparing and doing this podcast. I've been having people recently reach out to me saying they just love it. I've met, I met two people last week just on the street that were like, you're Zach Schaumler. I love your podcast. And I was like, who are you? That's so incredible. So I just, am. uh, I'm very grateful. I want to keep this going. And I, uh, this is my favorite thing I do. And this is my goal for the future and my plan for my life. So I really hope you guys support it. And I thank you so much. Have a great week. I will see you the first week of August with my NFL preview. Thank you so much. But um, bam, we are done. Bye.